Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. I did ask at the start of the programme today, are you a fan of true crime? And I want to chat to people about what it is that you love about true crime, documentaries, series, episodes, books, whatever you're watching on Netflix, send in your recommendations as well, because I'm a huge fan. And I know that my own WhatsApp groups are constantly full of recommendations. And 90% of the time, they're all crime or true crime related. Can't seem to get enough of it. So I was really interested in the comments today from US psychologist, uh, Dr. Thema Bryant. She appeared on the Mel Robbins podcast and she actually said that our love of all things crime might actually be a bad thing. If your idea of relaxing before you go to sleep is watching three episodes of Law and Order, I would encourage you to think about why is trauma relaxing to me? Oh, that's what it is. I mean, it's harm, crime, violation, attacks, and that's what is going to soothe me into my bedtime. So what is the answer Yeah, that a lot of people give you when they do go into therapy yeah. about that connection? Is that is normal and familiar. Some of us grew up in high stress, so people mistake peace for boring. Jess Kelly, News Talks tech correspondent, is with me today because Jess, you're a big you're a big podcast listener. Yeah. Do, you, do you share the love of true crime? Yeah, I'm obsessed with it. I'm fascinated by it, but I've had to pull myself back. And you know, I, I was nodding along to the first bit of that clip, and then towards the end, I raised my eyebrow a little bit because I don't like true crime because I had a tough childhood. Like I'm blessed; I had a great hell time, but. I am obsessed with knowing the stuff that certain people do, how they do it, how they think they're going to get away with it, and also the impact on, obviously, the individual, their family, society. I think it's really interesting. However, six months ago, I had to stop myself. So I do this thing, right? I'm going to overshare. Mm. When I go to bed at night, I put on a podcast of some description, and I'm that annoying person that doesn't use headphones. My boyfriend has to wear headphones, so I listen to it on my phone. I'm really selfish and horrible person. Yeah. Uh, and for months, it was, you know, murder and really grim, sinister murder. And I was waking up at three o'clock in the morning going, oh my God, I feel a bit stressed. What is it? And then my boyfriend would be like, you listened to a serial murder podcast and a woman being chased through a desert for six hours. So that could be it. And I was like, oh yeah. So I actually went through a phase then of, I, I don't listen to murder before bed. I also don't really like reading murdery books as well. I think I overdid it on the grimness. But I... Too much grim. I, I'm fascinated by it. Like when I was on my holidays there, I was reading a free, few true crime books. Uh, not before bed now. But I do think when it's true crime and it's stuff that happened and you get a bit of insight. Mm. Like the best ones, in my opinion, are the ones that give you a bit of insight into the thought process of the person committing the crimes. But I fully acknowledge it's not the most normal thing to do. I want to hear from people today who um, are still, I suppose, true crime fans. And actually your suggestions, your recommendations, what are you listening to or watching at the moment? You can 087-1400-106. Brendan Kelly is a professor of psychiatry at Trinity College. Brendan is with us on the line as well. Brendan, I know that I could easily sit down at night. I could watch CSI Miami, Las Vegas, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, Hawaii Five O, everything going. So, is there something wrong with me that I unwind to that? 
No, no, Andrea, there's nothing wrong with you, nor is there anything much wrong with Jess uh, there, even though she did pull back, she tells us some time ago. But I think there is this evolutionary need to learn about predators and to understand, you know, if we want to talk about evolution. But I think more important, we are a bit obsessed with the darker side of humanity and this notion that people can do very bad things and how different these people are to us or how similar they are to us. And this gives us some kind of fulfillment. And, you know, Jess said there that her interest isn't entirely normal or something like that. But in fact, it is so common. It's extraordinarily consistent across research that the more immoral the lead character in a drama or a true crime episode is, the more immoral they are, the more interested we are in them and the more they fascinate us. Why is that? Because we we identify that they are different to us. Is that? We we like to think they are different to us. And then we get this this strange sensation, this emotion when we realise we have something in common, maybe an aspect of our life stories. And we ask ourselves, could we do what they did if our life circumstances were different? And, you know, the, the chances are that, that we could because we are very much creatures of our circumstances. Now, I think what the podcast was talking about, though, was about having experienced trauma um, as a child or dur- mm. during your upbringing and mistaking that for relaxation or peace uh, uh, as you were. Now, that can work two ways. Sometimes people who have experienced trauma may benefit from watching or listening about it in a safer environment where they have more control. You know, maybe listening to the podcast or sitting on the sofa watching the TV. On the other hand, it can lead to re-traumatization. So the key is a little a little bit of awareness about, about why you're doing this and the effect it might be having on you. Yeah. Frank Rainey is with us as well, Brendan and Jess. Of course, Frank, our, our own courts correspondent here and the host of Inside the Crime podcast. Frank, do you think we're obsessed with crime and true crime in this country? That's a good question. And I was about to ask Brendan if he thinks there's something wrong with me, but I don't think you have enough time in your item for, <laughs> for that for that answer to be broadcast. Um, there is a real fascination around true crime. It's developed over the years, but I think it's as old as time itself because there does seem to be a real fascination with getting inside the mind of a criminal. The people that do these horrible things, the people that rape, murder, dismember people. Um, You know, the majority of people don't do these things. So there is a fascination in getting into the mind of those who do. And particularly with the true crime genre, you know, you have to remember that Irish people in particular are great storytellers. We like to tell stories. We like to hear stories. And where you've got conflict and resolution in these particular stories, you can see why they would be of interest to people we're also natural problem solvers, barstool detectives that like following stories and trying to figure out what's going to happen. But I think the real danger is, and in my experience, it's a very fine line and one that should never be crossed, is that some people view these things as a form of entertainment. And I think that's a particularly dangerous space because when you see these things as a form of entertainment, you know, viewers or listeners don't see the victims and the survivors behind those stories and the true horror of it all. And perhaps if they did, they wouldn't find it so relaxing as as that piece that you mentioned at the top of of the item. You know, there are lots of, and Brendan touched on some of the beneficial effects of, of watching true crime. And in my own experience, it reminds us all of our own humanity and how precious life is. You know, I've had a front seat to some of the most horrific true crime mm. stories this country has seen in the last 
a decade or so. And one takeaway that I have when I come away from sitting through these awful cases is that I can go back and live my own life. I pull those closest to me a little bit closer because you can see how it can all be taken away in an instant in the most you know, traumatic of ways. And also empathy for the people left behind. You know, we give people, especially through Inside the Crime, I think, if you've listened to the first two seasons of Inside the Crime, what's abundantly clear throughout is that we focus on the victims and the people left behind. And that's really important because all too often people remember the killer. The killer becomes infamous and everybody remembers the killer, but not necessarily the victim. Yeah. And I I do wonder as well, do we become desensitised, I suppose, you know, do we... Like, do we just look now at, you know, um, murders and very violent? I think that happens, Andrea, because if you're listening to, there are certain podcasts that just every week there's another murder and you lose the terminology quite a bit. And like what Frank was saying there is so important. He, obviously as a journalist, reports on these crimes mm. and brings the, the, the story, the victim, the families and all the rest to the fore. And I actually do, I found myself being desensitised to it because you're walking around the supermarket getting some hummus and some crackers and some fancy cheese and you're listening to something absolutely horrific mm. and you're doing it as a form of entertainment and I think that's the weird bit where I caught myself going geez I was looking forward to this week's episode of this why was that and I think it, it's it's that seesaw thing of understanding the impact and the fascination with the human psychology of the people who do this and the impact of it versus the it's like akin to CSI or something like yeah. that you know what I mean Is it hard to get that balance right then Brandon? Yes, it's exceptionally difficult because we are curious about moral extremes, particularly badness. So it requires a conscious effort to remember those victims and to keep some kind of balance in what we what we take in. And it's not only with true crime, but also, you know, fiction, drama, series on the streaming services almost always involve murder, sometimes as a plot device rather than a tragedy. So yeah, it is difficult to achieve the balance because of this human curiosity, but it is important to do so. Sharing with us with us on the line, Brendan, stay with us and, and Jess and Frank. I've got 1800 is the number. Jeremy, I've been asking people today to get in touch um, about why they love true crime. Why did you get in contact? Well, first of all, CSI Miami and all them, there's one word for programmes like that. Crap. Rubbish. <laughs> Absolute b- bilge. Anybody who would who t- who pays any attention to what's on programmes like that or, well, they're, they're, they're rather wanting, to say the least. Or, well, they're most particular, you know, they, they obviously haven't a bloody clue about how crimes are investigated. Right. So, one, one of the main reasons I... I what, true, what, what, what always interests me in true crime is that, you see, I have a very analytical mind. I like to analyse things. And um, so crime takes place. I like to, you know, I'd like to know how they did it. And say, well, how, the, how first of all, the criminal did it. And then how the police uh, managed to managed to solve it. And then how the criminal justice system worked and the the nature of the evidence that was needed and all that. Not that I'm thinking of committing crime, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But you like the <laughs> understanding you know, of... Cause, you know, because like, people have said to me, God, you have so, so much interest in crime. Are, are you some master criminal? Said, no, 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 I pay attention. I like I like the finer points. I like the, the, the law that's there, maybe the inadequacies of the law campaign then to try and to try and um, 
put these in adequacy mm. right, you know, to, uh, you know, there's, there's so many, it's, it's a fascinating, you see, the thing about true crime is that it's far, um, you see, true crime is, is uh, most of the stories, like a particular story I'd love to tell you about, the Janelle Potter case from, from but anyway, um, most you know you couldn't make them up. Yeah. Well, what are you listening like, to I, at the What are you listening to at the moment, uh, Jeremy? Several of them. Well, particularly I like I like crime analysis. So real crime profile with Jim Clemente, uh, who's who's a, a former FBI. Um, uh, you know, he was a prosecutor too, and he was also like he he he's a crime analyst. That's something I find about the Gordy. They they seem to have loads and loads and loads of officers. But they don't appear to ever have people from the outside who analyze, you know, who, who like are the FBI analysts. profilers. Well, yeah, among those people like yeah. that, because you see, you then if if you if you can analyze who committed the crime, you can then find out well what kind of person is it who did it, and if you have a suspect in mind, treat him accordingly. Okay. So, you know, it's a, they they think that no, like hear me out. The the um. They think, okay, well, he here's a guy. He thinks he knows it all. Great, bring a fella in. You know, bring the guy we think we, we've evidence CCTV or goodness what. Mm. Bring him in and let him tell us. Let him pretend to be the cleverest man in the room. Okay. And it's... by God, they 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 act accordingly yeah. in many 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 cases. But God, you don't seem to do that. They just do... seem to just bring a guy. They treat everybody effectively the same. So in, in American in American investigations, often they they bring a guy in and they know that he gets you know he never wants to talk about the crime ever. So what they do is they plaster every wall of the interrogation centre with a picture of the victim or victims, and they leave yeah. they leave him in there for several minutes, let him stew. Okay, he has so no hurt. Can I just let, can I just 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 Jeremy, just to ask mm-hmm. just, just to ask Brendan about that point? Like I suppose we are kind of all nearly barstool detectives now. Yes, we are. Yeah, we absolutely are. And barstool psychologists as well, analysing people's motivations and reaching conclusions. And what's very interesting for me as a psychiatrist is I have assessed many people over the years who've committed fairly serious crimes. And I don't have the faintest interest in true crime podcasts or television programmes or books. Um, Somehow the direct stories are often filled with such sadness that um, it has, if you like, inoculated me against the appeal of such podcasts or TV series. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, Brandon, about, um, and I don't know if this, I've, I've nothing to back this up other than anecdotal research from my WhatsApp groups, but I would notice that the people that I chat to and talk about um, true crime podcasts, documentaries, recommendations, generally, generally tends to be my female friends and colleagues. Is it that more women are interested or is that a total generalisation? No, that's true. That's pretty much the only reliable finding in the literature about this is that more women tend to be interested in this than are men. Why? And this, if, well, it seems to speak to the sort of evolutionary need because women are more likely to be the victims of violence than men. And therefore, it might be that this understanding is something that is more valued or the idea that having an awareness about this is more important or maybe that if, if one tries to understand better, one can take better 
precautions or maybe it's just you know familiarity and worry that drive it but it does tend to be more women than men that watch this it's not a huge difference but it is but your research with the whatsapp group andrea is turns out to be accurate yeah there is a text in from a listener brendan i just wanted to get a, a quick note from this sorry on you as well this texter says funny that we're always so quick to blame violence in society on video games but we never connect it to true crime yeah, no, it's it's interesting. We choose what things we blame for what. For example, now we uh, blame almost all of society's ills on mobile phones and social media. Prior to that, we used to blame it almost exclusively on video games. Before that, the television. Before that, the Beatles. And we can go right back to when we used to blame uh, all the ills in society on steam power in the 19th century. So there's not a lot of connection between what we blame and what goes on. Um, and there are certainly good things about video games, social media and so forth. But the way we attribute blame is a, is a bit random, if I'm honest. Yeah. 087-1400-106 is the number. Jess, do you, what are your recommendations or what, what are you watching? There's a great podcast called The Making of, the, of a Detective. The Making of a Detective. It's an Irish podcast. It's by The Sun. Um, and it follows the cases that an Irish detective led. Uh, some of them are very prolific cases. But it, it brings, it gives a bit of insight into the empathy on not only the victims' families, but also the detectives who are looking into these stories and the way that they carry. And I think it's very interesting because although you get good insight into the series, it's not gory. I've completely gone off the gory ones Mm. that have the sound effects. You just want the the facts. I want the facts and I want the human element of it. I know I I mentioned CSI and Law and Order Mm. and that, but I, you know, a sort of, I recognise that it's fictional drama, but I do like, like Frank's, their own podcast here, Inside the Crime. Um, Like, I like, you know, to to listen back and learn about, I suppose, recent incidents or, or crime that happened. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. Yeah, we're talking about this uh, psychologist warning that um, it can be a, well, a little bit of a red flag if you use true crime shows to try and unwind. We've been asking you today, are you a true crime fan and what recommendations? What What are you watching or listening to at the moment? 087-1400-106 is the number. Darren Cleary is the managing editor, digital audio at Barron Media, which uh, means Darren's in charge of commissioning podcasts, basically. Are true crime more popular than others, Darren? They're massively popular, to be very honest. It's one of the most listened to podcast genres. Nearly one in every four podcasts listened to around the world is in the true crime genre. So it is quite worrying if psychologists are saying that's a red flag because almost a quarter of podcast listeners are obviously very dangerous people, it would seem. What what is it about them? Like, why do more, why do more listeners? Why is that what we're going for now more than ever before? It probably the, the natural urge that people have around mystery and, and kind of getting to the bottom of a, solving a puzzle. I, I think, uh, particularly from an, an Irish sense and a podcast sense, audiences gravitate towards stories. And in particular, Andrea, well-told stories are, are really, really important. Um, some of the most popular true crime podcasts are ones that are perfectly executed in the way that they're told. They're deep, they're boots on the ground, they involve all the key protagonists, 
the victims, the investigators, and they tell a very rounded picture that sometimes you don't get in a 30-minute, 45-minute TV documentary or special. So there is kind of a scope for deep dive and podcasts, and I think that's why it probably started off. It was a bit of a, a niche genre when it began, maybe 20 years ago, mm. but it's exploded. And similar, I guess, true crime and podcasting is a medium. They both kind of started as guilty pleasures, and they've become very mainstream in the last few years. Yeah, Frank Rainey was with us a little earlier, and Frank made the point that, um, like, you know, the Irish are were good storytellers, and people like to listen to a well-told story. It's very, very true. I think people like to, it does probably make them feel a little bit safer. Sometimes it can be something that gives people a little bit more comfort and context. Some people think they can actually learn something from listening to a a true crime documentary or a true crime podcast, what not to do. But I think at the very basis of it, the the nexus of it is people are interested in stories. They want to know um, about who these people are and and what their story is. So I think there is a a massive shift towards it. On, On a business level, it is a bit of a strange one because um, I guess podcasting as a whole is, is a growing medium in terms of the, the audience and the listenership. True crime is one of the biggest hits you can get with an audience, but it doesn't do very well with sponsors and commercial, needless to say, and not too many brands are comfortable attaching their names to um, some grisly crimes. Okay, that's an, an interesting element to it. A- any recommendations, Darren, maybe you know, upcoming um, true crime podcasts or series that haven't yet been discovered? Well, I think there's some great ones out there because podcasting is is probably only going mainstream in the last three to four years. Some of the kind of genre defining series are probably new to some of the listeners. The likes of Serial would have would have been a game changer. It would have paved the way for for the likes of West Cork and, and other podcasts like that, Queen of the Con, um, Sweet Bobby. There's so many that have, have just blossomed in the last few years. One of the more interesting elements, I guess, on, on the business side of podcasting is how big it's becoming in Hollywood. They're seeing it as the cheapest way to prove concepts of uh, intellectual property at the moment so you see West Cork came and was quickly followed by a big Netflix special and was quickly followed yeah, by a true. big Sky special uh, the Murdoch murders which was, has gripped people in, in the United States started off as, as a podcast so what you're seeing now is, is publishers and people who create content are seeing podcasts as a way essentially to test whether or not audiences are interested in this story. And if they are on a podcast front, you can bet they'll be interested on a big budget documentary. Yeah, well, well, I was glued to the one I can tell you on, on Netflix about that. I watched it, you know, just, um, you know, back to back each of the each. And it's and it's not a, it's not a big, you know, Netflix series either, which I actually think nearly adds to the appeal of it. I think that's that that's the play. Like Netflix go towards bingeable box sets. It's not by by accident. It's designed that they will say some of their more deep dive stuff for their holidays. Um, obviously, Thanksgiving is a big one in the United States market. Christmas too. The likes of Making a Murderer, the Murder at the Cecil Hotel. They all came out around the same time in November, December, because Netflix know that's a perfect peak time to get people to just sit and watch mm. content. It's the same with podcast publishers. They're seeing it as a way of of engaging audiences. And it is it is something that is, is immensely popular. It's easily the biggest kind of share of market. Podcasting is such an eclectic mix of, of genres yeah. and, and different types of podcasting. But true crime consistently emerges as the most popular single genre. Yeah, Criminal Minds is great, says one texter. Another listener, women are more interested in people, men more interested in things. The, uh, the thoughts of one of our listeners. Actually, I'm a little behind the curve on this, but this is what I'm listening to at the moment. 
Lynette Dawson was reported missing by her husband, former Newtown Jets rugby league star Chris Dawson. I'm investigating a remarkable cold case of the likely murder of a devoted wife and mother of two, a case of strangely close ties between twin brothers. And to try to finally resolve this case, I'm looking for Lynn's body. I just want justice. And I'd love her little girls to know she didn't leave them. Yeah, this is the teacher's pet. That's what I'm uh, listening to um, at the moment. I know it's been out for some time, but um, yeah, it's a very it's a very interesting listen. Uh, Sam is with us. Sam Blake is on the line. Sam's the founder of Murder One Crime Writing Festival. Sam, why do you love crime? Um, well, I write it as well, so it's uh, just I'm fascinated by puzzles and mystery, and um, I think a lot of our visitors are to Murder One. Um, and people who read my books. Uh, I think it's that. And also, it's the, the resolution is there, usually in crime fiction and of, often in the true crime podcasts that you've been talking about there, that um, although people might go to bed listening to them, it's, they're, they're, sort of, they're puzzled by the mystery as, we, as, the, as the story evolves. But it's the resolution at the end, because generally speaking, there's some sort of resolution that they're, they're really interested in. Yeah, so there's, there's an element, I suppose, of the problem solving that kind of comforts people in some way. Yeah, I think so, because you, you're trying to solve the mystery at the same time as the person who is doing the podcast. Um, and even from that excerpt there that you had, um, there's very there's a real intimacy with podcasts, I think. Um, and, you know, you hope to be able to convey that in fiction as well in a book when you're writing it. Um, that, that it's one-on-one, you, the listener and the, um, the speaker um, on the podcast. And I think that's, that's a wonderful sort of medium. Um, and that makes you feel like they're talking to you personally and you're sort of on this mission to solve this crime. Um, and as I say, hopefully there's resolution at the end. So it's not like it's not like being involved in a crime, being involved in a crime as a victim where you, you don't know what's going to happen or, you know, there's, that's the, the really awful side of things um, that I think perhaps your psychologist was, um, you know, referring to. Sonia is with us as well. Sonia, are you a true crime fan? Yeah, yeah. What, what is it that you, what is it, I suppose, that it's, interests it's you? It's the same as what Sam was saying there and the other fellow you had on before. Um, just, uh, I love the stories and also I have great empathy with the people and it's like, you know, the victims, you know, when you hear uh, their family talking about, you know, how sad they are, like, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so I, I do take a break from it every now and again, a bit like Jeff. Um, I go and I might switch to something a bit more lighthearted. Mm. Do you find that helps? It kind of still keeps that yeah, well, interest. you don't want to get too entrenched. Yeah, in, I know. In, it's not the kind of thing you can listen. I know, you, you can't listen to it every day. But do, do you find, is it more so um, podcasts or TV series that you... More, more so podcasts. Is it, yeah. looking at um, the TV. But um, I have two really good recommendations oh, for, do, yeah, give, for a crime podcast for you. Um, Killer Psyche, which is really good. Um, she's an FBI um, profiler. He was retired now, but she's really, really good. Okay. And then the other one is an Irish one called Murder Most Irish. Murder Most Irish. Yeah, they're two girls. Now there's a little bit of a bad language in it, but right. Um, but they're they're very funny. Like like I know that sounds bad, but I mean they're they're never disrespectful. But um, but you know they kind of like they kind of tell funny stories about their own lives rather than rather than the know. the victims. But, yeah, but you kind of get to. I don't know. I suppose you get used to listening to the to the podcasters' lives as well. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's 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 all a part of it. I suppose it comes back to the the story uh, telling yeah. element of it as well. Uh, Brendan, you're still with us, Brendan Brendan Kelly uh, Brendan Kelly, I should say. Um, Brendan, of course, is a professor at psychiatry at Trinity College. Like, it's become a business now. Brendan, is does that sit funny with people talking about true crime and podcasts and series about it? 
You can hear me okay, Brendan. You can. No, we'll try and reconnect with with Brendan there. Uh, Roshi, yeah, I mean, most things will become a business at some point or other, but I don't think that being... No, we'll, try, we'll, re, we'll reconnect there with Brendan. Just bear, bear with us for a moment. Roisin, you're on the line. Why did you get in touch? Are you a true crime fan? I, well, I suppose I am. And I was actually thinking about this a few days ago because sometimes I watch, you know, those um, documentaries on murderers on Crest Red. And anyway, it struck me a few nights ago because I was watching this series on Netflix called Outside In. I don't know whether you've seen it or not, but it's actually no. very clever. And there's a journalist and she goes over to America to interview a guy on death row in order to find out from why he killed his wife and where her body is. And he says to her that he won't tell her anything and he won't give the interview so that her readers, and this is the reason why he won't give it to her, so her readers can be recreationally outraged. And I thought that was a brilliant expression because I think, you know, part of the reason why I watch some of these is that it is recreation. You know, you are recreationally outraged by what you hear and what you see. Mm. But I also think that at the end of these documentaries, there is a sense of morality restored that in these, you know, the killer is found, he's convicted and order is restored. And I think that's the kind of also comes into play as to why, you know, I watch them. Yeah. No, I, t- I, I completely, I totally agree with you on that. It's the sense of, I suppose, you see that, you know, justice has been served and, and how, and how that, how that plays out as well. Um, Brendan is back with us on the line. Brendan, you, you were just mentioning there, talking about the point around, um, true crime now as a business. Yes, and I think most things do become a business at some point, but I I don't think that listening to or watching true crime is necessarily a red flag for anything. The sense of justice and right and wrong and empathy is very important and can be can be developed and maintained even as we listen to this material. Yeah, listen, it's a really interesting uh, conversation today. A lot of people getting in touch um, with their own thoughts. This listener, though, says, I think there's something wrong with you if you're obsessed with crime shows. And I'd say it's mostly women who love to watch true crime shows and horror movies, according to this texter as well. Keep them coming in. Your recommendations, 087-1400-106. Listen, Brendan, Sonia, Frank, Jess, Roisin, uh, thanks a million, Sam as well for getting in touch with us here about this on the show today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.